You're listening to the Empowering Lives Podcast, brought to you by the Department of Psychology at Help University, the University of Achievers. We'll be bringing you conversations with renowned psychologists and other health professionals that discuss a wide range of topics on mental health, psychology, and well-being. The Empowering Lives Podcast comes to you from the biggest psychology department in the whole of Malaysia. As we talk about the issues that matter to you most, stay tuned to this global podcast as we empower you to take away valuable insights and lessons that can improve your emotional health and well-being today. Hello and welcome to the Empowering Lives podcast, wherever you're listening from. My name is Sandy Clark, and today I'm joined by Kathleen Richard who is the president and co-founder of Connect, which is a student-led initiative that aims to provide a safe space for students to express themselves and feel emotionally supported. In this episode, Kathleen will be sharing her views on some of the contributing factors behind the growing rates of depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation over the past 10 years among young people in Malaysia and how Connect is working to provide help and support for people who are struggling to cope. So welcome to the show, Kath. How are you doing? Hello, Sandy. Thank you for having me. I am good. Before we start jumping into what's obviously quite a heavy topic, um, can you just give uh, the listeners a bit of information about what inspired you to start Connect and maybe um, who got involved alongside you? How did that come about? So basically, Connect uh, is uh, a collaborative effort by students. So how it started off was that there was a very unfortunate um, suicide case that happened um, a year ago. And it affected many mental health of students. And we felt like uh, that we could do something about it and not just wait for uh, people to come in and tell us what to do and how to do it. So... We started off as a student assembly, so it's where we gather a few students and then just discuss issues around uh, campus, what's going on in our life. Mm -hmm. So then we decided that this is a big thing, you know, like mental health and everything, and why haven't us students take initiative to do anything about it? So then we decided to model over um, Sunway University's peer counselling volunteers. Mm-hmm. where they establish an organization just uh, among students themselves that uh, does peer counseling and peer supporting. Because when we ask a few students, do you guys um, take care of your mental health? Uh, do you guys go for counseling? And then when they said uh, not really and no, it's mostly because of culture and it's also because they were um, they felt like meeting a stranger or professional uh, daunting compared to meeting students and mm-hmm. expressing themselves to students. So that's where uh, we established Connect, uh, where we aim to do mainly three things, uh, which is peer counseling, peer supporting, and mental health campaign and events for awareness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a, that's a good point you make about, you know, a lot of people tend to uh, need support for, you know, their mental health or, uh, to express themselves, but quite often they find going to a professional or going to a stranger uh, to be quite daunting, as you say. So, so to provide that support uh, can really be quite helpful. And I, I quite like that idea that, you know, the Connect team 
sort of took it upon themselves to, to create something by students for students, which I think is something that's, um, yeah. you know, more of that needs done, certainly in, in this country. And I mean, you referenced there uh, an unfortunate incident in the previous year where someone committed suicide. And I mean, in the past 10 years in Malaysia, suicide rates have uh, been increasing and particularly among yeah, young people exactly. aged, aged um 13 to 17, I think the stats suggest. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, now life is more convenient and there's more material wealth than, than in past generations that's gone before. Um, but at the same time, research suggests that young people are more susceptible to depression, to anxiety, to suicidal ideation today than ever before. Mm -hmm. So just in, in, in your view, I mean, obviously it's a complex issue, but just in, in your opinion, what do you think are some of the contributing factors as to why these rates have been increasing in Malaysia over the past 10 years? Oh, I think that's a really good question <laughs> because um, I totally agree when you said that now there's like more like material wealth um, that and more convenience for, for our generation, uh, for the younger generation. But um, I feel like, personally, I feel like these materialistic items um, only bring upon short-term joy and not very sustainable happiness. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've always been hearing that uh, money cannot buy happiness, all these kind of things. And along with that and technology, like social media and everything, we often, uh, it's very easy for us to compare ourselves with our peers or with other people. Like we tend to see like, oh, who's more happy? Who has, the, who has more uh, jewelry, who has more clothes, who are more accomplished? And I feel like our society nowadays defines success um, based on how much financial assets or like um, big short connections that we have. So as youths, I feel the, the biggest reason why the rates are going really high is that we, we tend to you know, chase for more and more achievements without realizing uh, what we actually want and, what, and how much it has taken a toll on our mental health. Another thing I feel is that um, because I mentioned the technology thing, right? So another way uh, that that also contributes to the rate, I think it would be, you know, we lack human touch nowadays. Like uh, mm -hmm. even, um, even like right now, I mean, it makes sense if it's COVID okay, because we need to use technology to, to communicate everything. But even way before that, like we use uh, social media more. And I feel like this created this kind of environment that made use harder to socialize. Mm -hmm. So like we tend to just uh, succumb to like, uh, we think that it's okay to not have friends, not to not socialize, to just be alone. And this, I think this actually creates like a loneliness because humans are like creatures that need to socialize with one another. So I think a lot of youth think that it's okay to be 100% uh, independent, which I, I personally don't really agree on that. You see a lot of young people, especially if they have a lot of followers on social media and, you know, maybe they, they look for that to replace, like you say, that in-person socializing. Um, and certainly yeah. I'm old enough to remember what life was like before social media. So um, and one of the things that I remember is that when I was growing up in sort of you know, teenage years and into my early 20s, that you had a few close friends who knew you very well and you yeah. could kind of hang out with them and. You, you had to make a point of meeting up and discussing stuff and, and, and engaging in certain activities and sports or whatever. And so you created this really strong bond with people. Um, mm. But that might only be maybe 5, 10, 15 people that you really had that strong connection with. Whereas now people seem to be, uh, you know, throwing themselves out into, uh, you know, social media 
to an audience that they don't really connect with, they don't really know personally. Um, and so all of the criticism or comparison that comes their way is sort of like so superficial in a sense, but I think a lot of people take it personally, you know, if they get criticized online or if they get praised, they, they, they hang on to that. And so their sense of worth and esteem maybe starts to rise and fall based on the strength of, you know, a few likes or a few comments here and there. In your experience of facilitating these uh, support groups online, I mean, you, you touched on some of the potential uh, issues in your previous answer, but when you've been speaking to students and having these sharing sessions online, uh, what are some of the common stress factors that are coming up uh, that are affecting young people today? Because I think that for a lot of adults, certainly, there's, mm -hmm. there's maybe not that understanding of, you know, what's going on. And, and as times change, certainly the stressors change and the demands and the challenges change. So what kind of um, challenges or issues are coming up in these kind of sharing sessions? When we have the sharing sessions and then if these kind of questions are brought up, I feel like most of them revolves around, um, again, with social media. And it's mostly uh, in topics like uh, body image, lifestyle, like um, it, it can be something very menial, you know, like it can be something very small. Like, for example, oh, if I see this person going on a diet, then like, oh, I should, I, I have to do it. I should do it too, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so because everyone on these social media platforms looks so perfect and like they got it all together I think it makes some of us feel um, insecure mm -hmm. and then it will raise questions up like um, am I doing enough uh, should I work even harder if they can't achieve that why can't I and then when we have all these questions we tend to put like tremendous um, pressure on ourselves to achieve something that we it could be unattainable even if it was attainable it might not be something that we actually want. Like we're only seeing it based on other people's perspective that, oh, it might be important, then we have to do it as well. So other than social media, I realized that, um, especially in Malaysia, <laughs> with mass media and like news so easily accessible, every morning uh, we'll be scrolling through hundreds of headlines every day. And I feel like it's a thing now to make sure that you're always on top of news. And that actually stresses our minds out from processing too much information mm -hmm. so I think compared to last time it, it's much harder to brush off issues now compared to a few years back um, and it's very overwhelming once you have to digest so many information like that mm, so it's almost that sense of being overwhelmed by too many pieces of inf information coming at you at, at the one time and then having to sort of process that but at the same time again coming back to your earlier point you don't have a, a sort of two-way thing there that it doesn't interact with you so it's just everything's coming at you rather yeah. than, you know, that you're able to sort of discuss and share and, and be quite mm -hmm. creative with what you're receiving, let's say. You know, once you read a headline 100 times over, you know, there's nothing you can do with that except be impacted by if it's a negative headline, which quite often it is, uh, that's going to have a, an effect on your, your, your mental health. But when you're having these discussions online uh, through Connect, and again, you, you, you mentioned earlier about that importance of socializing with people, you know, whether it be in person physically or, or even uh, through an online group. And, and what kind of ways do you think that Connect is helping young people to express themselves? And what kind of effect does it have when they're able to share what's on their mind? And also, do you think it's filling a gap that wasn't there before in Malaysia? So um, just to give a little clarification to our listeners uh, is that Connect is an online sharing platform, for now it's online sharing platform. So it 
of course started with the intention to help students with emotional issues to express themselves. Um, but we actually started it during MCO, during the quarantine, um, because we feel like when students are at home, then they can't uh, express themselves uh, or socialize as much. So the, the platform continues to uh, allow youth to share their insights on various topics. And I would say that we have positive response, but we're still trying to get better reach. So recently, we launched a new session um, called um, Heart to Heart, where we discuss like, more like really sensitive topics, for example, uh, body image, pressure in romantic relationships, toxic relationship between friends, family, um, all sorts. And... I think one thing that we tend to do is that we help young people open up without putting pressure on themselves. And we're doing this in a way where like, even if they have nothing to say, we always say things like uh, silence is appreciated because it's always okay to say or not to say. So I guess that when we have a small group of people online, uh, they would tend to express themselves more. And this is something that uh, it's quite difficult, I would say, to find in settings with much bigger groups or like um, in a space that is not really safe. Mm -hmm. So other than just trying to get them to, you know, express themselves, because we ourselves are just students, so we also try our best to guide them to seek uh, professional help whenever they need it. Other than that, we also make sure that the members of Connect themselves are equipped with proper and sufficient knowledge when it comes to listening especially or like any symptoms of mental health issues facilitation skills and self-help because as much as we you know encourage counseling and all that kind of stuff it would be so much better if the students themselves can um, do self-care by themselves as well and also care for other people so when you talk about the gap Oh, I think that's a very big question. Um, so I don't think ultimately that Connect has filled um, any gap in uh, like the whole gap in Malaysia because it's a pretty big gap. But mm-hmm. I think that it's a good first step. Um, I believe that the gap can only be closed if um, cooperation and collaboration can be formed from professionals to educational institutions to youth uh, to tackle all these issues, mental health issues among youth. I think that you touched on quite a, an important point earlier when you talked about how people, you know, maybe they tend to be reluctant to share to, to a counsellor or um, another yeah. professional where, and I, and I think maybe particularly in this culture where you're taught not to sort of, you know, express yourself so much about your emotions, perhaps uh, in a conventional mm. sense. So that this idea that, you know, you can suddenly step into a room with someone and then, you know, unload all your issues on them can be quite daunting for some so I think I think it's great to have that yeah. initiative where it's, it's like a middle ground where you're having a safe space with people who are going through similar experiences and they get where you're coming from as well um, and like you say if it if, if it can build from there to be a sort of more collaborative effort then mm. hopefully that gap can become closed in terms of you know what needs to be done still in mental health to help young yeah. people especially but Maybe to, to sort of expand on that point, I mean, what, what would you say needs to be done in order to address the issues that young people are facing in a more effective way? Maybe something that's missing or something that's not quite being addressed at the moment. Um, is there anything that you would suggest? It's funny how you are asking this question because we, I just recently talked about this uh, to my friends and uh, we, were, we were just discussing the issues like, hmm, like how can... Um, can the older generation be more supportive, you know? And like, 
And one of my friends said a very, uh, it's a very simple answer, but I think it's very important. So she she said that, um, she said, honestly, I wish that they would just listen to us. Mm-hmm. So basically, I guess what she was saying is that um, when most of the time when, when there's a conflict or something, like for example, if I were to tell you my opinion that there's a conflict, so you would, um, I'm not assuming that you would do this, but usually humans, what they'll do is that because they're very uncomfortable with conflict, so it's very understandable when they rush in to give advice when someone opens up or express themselves. But most of the time, we, I mean, the young people, we just want to be heard and acknowledged. So I think that society should start listening to youth and constantly keep in mind that uh, toxic positivity is not helpful. And I guess another efficient method on how this issue can be addressed is really through education whether it's formal or informal, because the awareness of mental health in Malaysia is long overdue. And uh, with awareness, youth will be more willing to seek help and adults also would be more prepared to handle these kind of situations, you know? Just to jump in on that point you made about toxic yeah. positivity, um, I, I think that's that's a really, you know, something that needs to be focused on as well, that, you know, if someone is struggling or if someone does have a hard time with their experience, then there is that tendency, if you mentioned, you know, to say, don't worry, it's fine. Or what do you have to worry yeah. about? You know, 30 years ago, I had it worse or, or, or something yeah. that just invalidates that experience. And as you mentioned in your, your previous answer, that people kind of rush to give advice because they're uncomfortable uh, dealing mm. with uh, other people's emotions. And I think that in order to sort of regulate their own emotions, older people tend to try to just kind of subdue the emotions of other people without giving them that space to express themselves. So I, I, th- I think that's a really important point because I think it's, it's well-meaning sometimes that, you know, just don't worry about it, just yeah, think happy thoughts, you know, but it doesn't quite yeah, have yeah, that, yeah. that same effect that's intended. But in terms of, uh, for example, schools and universities, what do you think they should be doing more of or, or how can they help more uh, for young people to, to you know, have spaces, to, to have the opportunity to learn about mental health and, and to sort of share their ideas and experiences? Like, what, what would they be able to do in your view to, to help that along? If it's school and governments, I think um, when I look back to the subjects that we study in school, right, um, I realized that uh, mental health was not, I mean, formal education, mental health was not touched even a single bit. Even like uh, with all the, the news going on, how like we should have sex education in Malaysia and everything, even that, uh, I feel like in our secondary school syllabus, we have touched a little on reproductive system, mm-hmm. uh, even though I don't think it comes close to, to sex education. But there was absolutely nothing on emotional well-being. So I feel when it comes to like um, schools, the government, universities, I think the Ministry of Education or like uh, educational institutions in general should just work together and add mental health as a topic or even a subject in, uh, itself in the formal education system. Uh, and I feel that when I look back also when we were in, um, not in university, but when we were in school, every school in Malaysia actually has a counselling unit and I don't think it's properly utilised. And uh, when we asked like some students, it was also because of um, poor quality of practice. It's not as stressed, not as serious as compared to counselling units in universities and other institutions. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe the government can and relevant boards should look back into the regulations and policy of counselling practices in Malaysian schools as well. 
lastly, uh, this is like a, a very a long step to this, but I feel that we should, M Malaysians in general and, and all these uh, institutions should treat mental health illnesses as the same way as we treat physical diseases. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say if we are not uh, well mentally, then we are allowed to take a mental health day off. And, uh, and that there will be counseling services provided in almost every, every office, every building, not only in schools, but also in business sectors and, and like that. I think it's a long way to go, but uh, I believe that if the younger generation makes like mental health priority, I think we might just be able to achieve that. I think that's a great idea. And funnily enough, I was thinking about this just earlier today that, um, I mean, of course, there'll be financial implications from a business point of view, yeah. but I suppose to compare it to the, the amount of money that's lost every year per organization uh, due to mental health issues or work-related stress, it might be worth investing. Mm. In. But this idea that, you know, you could give people one day every month where they're not taking leave. They can maybe have like a, a mental health day, like you say, where maybe they can give a few days notice and say, look, I don't have any appointments. I don't have any uh, classes or I don't have any schedule on this day. So I'm going to, you know, that this is going to be my day this month to take off and just, and, yeah. and just rest and relax. Because I, I think that's something that the business community, especially still isn't grasping quite well, which is, it actually benefits organizations to invest in people's well-being, mm. not just to give them a yoga class or giant beanbags now and again, because, you know, that's yeah, all great, exactly. but, it's, but it's not really, um, you know, it's not really helping that much. But if you give people kind of space to breathe and, and space to rest, then that's going to be more beneficial yeah. for the organization as well. I totally agree with that. And even even with, um, with the younger generation, like I have friends who, who tend to overwork themselves and it's like a culture now you know like uh, if you overwork then it's like a good thing but um, unfortunately it's it's detrimental uh, in the long run i was reading an article the other day that said that um uh, kl has the the, the worst uh, work-life balance i think they surveyed about mm. 40 cities uh, and kl came out on top in terms of being the worst having that balance and i, th I think it, it, you say it's part of that culture where people are just switched on all the time and they don't really know how to switch off. Um, mm. So, you know, maybe things can be done to help that along and, and, and start to improve that kind of culture. But just to wrap up uh, the episode, can you share where people can learn more about Connect uh, and join in with the support group? I mean, I know you guys have a few social media pages. Uh, so where can people yeah. get more information to sort of join in with the activities? Okay, so thanks to our brilliant marketing team, we have a beautiful Instagram and Facebook page. Uh, it's at connect.tulc. Uh, mm -hmm. And we also have a LinkedIn page. Uh, it's called Taylor's Connect. But if uh, you think social media is not for you, you can also always email us at connect.tulc at gmail.com. I know you do support groups and you sometimes do workshops and, and other activities. How often... Do you have these support groups and, and other activities? So for our support groups, we have we have it once uh, a week, and this is every Friday at eight pm. Mm -hmm. um, so from time to time, about like uh, three months once, we will have uh, an event, maybe a talk. Soon we're gonna have um, peer counseling as well, but I don't, I'm not sure when we will start that. One. It's a new mm -hmm. initiative. So it sounds as if you've got a lot of ideas in the pipeline as well as the 
the sort of current support groups and yes. workshops that you yes. have already yes. yeah. yeah that's <laughs> awesome but uh, thanks thanks so much for sharing your thoughts on basically how to make mental health better for young people and, and everyone else as well I think you've, you've shared quite a few uh, valuable insights on, on how that can be done and hopefully uh, some of our listeners will be able to tune in to connect and, and join in with the support group thank you thank you and thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the Empowering Lives podcast. Be sure to check out our previous episodes from this series and series one to three, which are all available on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Till next time, take care, be well, and stay safe. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Empowering Lives podcast, brought to you by the Department of Psychology at HELP University, Malaysia, the University of Achievers. For more information about HELP University, visit www.help.edu.my and learn about our world-class programs and mental health services. Thank you for listening. And remember, together we can empower each other to build rich and meaningful lives driven by purpose, vision, and values.